Hello, everyone, and welcome to the new edition of the Colt Sure Podcast. I'm your host, Nicholas Christian. Thank you so much for listening. Any new listeners, thank you for joining us. We're a podcast about all sorts of underground artists, musicians, photographers, burlesque dancers, actors, actresses, cooks, chefs, everything. We love interviewing and talking to all sorts of walks of life that create things in the underground. So if you or someone you know has been affected by the starving artist syndrome, shoot them my way. I'd love to talk to them, have them on. And yeah, it's just a fun time. I think so. So today's guest, I'm not going to learn much about more than likely because at the end of Pee Wee's Big Adventure, Dottie to Pee Wee. Don't you want to stay for the end of the movie? I don't need to see it, Dottie. I lived it. Most of the shit. I've lived with this guy, but he's done so much cool stuff that he has to be on here. We are joined by Jacob Vomit Cord. Oh, yeah. How's it going? Oh, well. How you doing? <laughs> How you doing? I have to say Vomit Cord because it's going to be talked about. And I I have been called, I think I've been called like certain people, like when I when I've gone to like music events and other sort of like alternative events i've been called vomit cord or vc more than i've been called my own name it surprises me sometimes i've i've get called dingus a shitload <laughs> and it's 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 one of those things where it's like saying that i don't need to watch it i lived it it's just it's hysterical knowing vomit cord and terror tunes started like same time and we that first show was you know our intro to it and stuff we went all over places and shit with it and people call us by the it's it's weird. <laughs> it's so weird. It's, it's so funny because we went from like zero people would book us. So we booked ourselves in my basement to like six of our friends, six to ten of our friends who were just like walking in and out. They weren't they were hardly paying attention to us. Oh yeah. But we we paid attention to ourselves and we went from that to like, I don't know, you go out in the public somewhere and someone's like, is dingus or is Accord? And uh yeah, my friends joke people joke they're just like i'm going to be a, a grandpa one day and they're gonna be like it's grandpa vomacore like that's my like <laughs> no matter what else i do i'm just gonna be known as that guy <laughs> grandpa what uh what did you do in your music career what well you, you see you, you, grandpa what'd you do in college <laughs> <laughs> have you ever been to north carolina funny story about that <laughs> I'll tell you all about canned. <laughs> Let me tell you about North Carolina. <laughs> so obviously, Jacob, by that little tidbit, that little segment, if you will, um, <laughs> of a <laughs> vomit cord. That's it. I won't make you talk anymore. No, we're gonna. But uh, <laughs> obviously, does music. He's also, uh, I don't know the correct a socialism activist. Is that yeah, the correct I, terminology? I, I call myself an activist. I don't know. Yeah. I. You, the the other people that I activize with would just call me a revolutionary socialist. I'm a socialist. I'm a musician, loosely a musician. <laughs> and, I don't know, um, probably a couple other things. <laughs> film, film connoisseur. Film connoisseur. Yes, film connoisseur. More specifically, VHS connoisseur. If your movie didn't come out on VHS, there's like a seventy five percent chance I don't care about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's funny because you say that like off the top of my head, I can't think of any, 
but I know damn well there's movies you love that did not come out on VHS. Sharktopus. Sharktopus. I I've watched Sharktopus in the double digits amount of times, and it's it's just a bad sci-fi channel original movie. Yeah. I've probably watched that like 25 times. Well, I know Dustin's scared of the shark to puss. I've personally never watched Shark to Puss. I know of it, but I never watched if it. If you come over, I'll watch it a 26 time. Like it's, <laughs> it's only gonna get better for me. <laughs> I forget where I was. I was somewhere. And I forget who I was with. I think it was Sam. And uh there was a shark with a Santa hat. Santa and I'm like, it was just no, it was like a target or something, oh. like random <laughs> had a shark with a Santa hat. I'm like, oh my god, Santa Jaws. And she started laughing. I'm like, you need to see this movie. I put it on Christmas. I think it was Christmas Day. I put it on uh, when I got home from my parents' place. Um, I was I was just like, like 25% of movies, the 25% of movies that aren't VHS that I watch are composed 15% of sci-fi channel original shark movies. Um, There's so many of them. There are. And I own many of them. <laughs> it's like they, they just say, choose choose some sort of creature and an adjective like some, like a use a noun or an adjective yeah, yeah. Shark next to it it's yeah probably a movie. <laughs> it's i love it that you have like lavarantula and stuff it's just it's uh, ridiculous but i would bait is another good one that that one they kind of took seriously it's about a grocery store that gets flooded with sharks and it's filmed in like new zealand it's actually good on i I haven't seen that one, but I think Dustin said that one was pretty good. Yeah, pretty solid. Pretty well, solid. So, since we're talking film, what uh, what pushed you to get into horror? Because I know, you know, you got me into VHS collecting. and Ooh. But when I met you, we both had this love of obscure horror. You were definitely into the more uh, shocking gore, which you're not so much anymore. Oh, yeah. But, so... My parents kind of exposed me to horror early on. My dad says the story was he got tired of watching Barney real fast. So he got me that VHS box set of old Godzilla movies. Um, <laughs> so thus began my love for giant monsters and dinosaurs. <laughs> and then, yeah. So then growing up, it was like Universal Monsters. And then my parents showed me Blair Witch. And I was like, that was cool. And then my friend got me like a Tales from the Crypt DVD. And I was like, that was cool. And then my friend was like, bro, we should watch the Evil Dead series. And I'm like, what's that? He's like, it's just low-budget horror movie like series. I'm like, let's do it. So I bought it on DVD from FYE, the whole trilogy, and we marathoned them. And I was like, this is incredible. And then it was just a rabbit hole from there. That led to more B-horror be, be goodness. And yeah, because <laughs> like horror movies were fun um i was like oh my god there's so many like monsters and special effects and weird gore and weird comedy and stuff like that it was just like it hit on everything that a, i guess a, a teenage boy could ever come to know and love yeah. um, and then you need that that uh little extra that little extra push and you're like oh what's faces of death oh traces <laughs> of death yeah, you know, it's really by accident that I got into like like gore and and shock film. Uh, my friend was like, he was just like, oh yeah, the most horrific. Because I was telling him like, oh man, I got I've been getting really into horror movies. I watched like Evil Dead, I watched Texas Chainsaw, and I watched some Rob Zombie movies. I'm like, this is so cool. And he's like, I kind of I'm kind of don't watch a lot of horror movies anymore because I watched Cannibal Holocaust and it's just like it kind of like it just kind of like ruined it for me. He's like, it was awful. And I'm like, what is that movie? <laughs> <laughs> and then 
I was like, oh my, then I discovered like underground horror and yeah, that was, that was a whole thing. But the thing with, with the, like the shock horror and underground and, and, uh, gore film and pseudo snuff and shockumentaries is like, it was really cool when I was young. It was like really different. It had like, um, like this very like abrasive and challenging philosophy, kind of like punk rock and metal where it's just like, it tried to see how extreme they could take the art. Yeah. But, um, found a lot of the movies just didn't have like a lot of rewatch value uh a lot of rewatchability like i didn't i didn't get to the end of like an installment of traces of death and get be like man can't wait to watch that again you know <laughs> it was just like, i was like i was like that was gross i spent 50 bucks on this tape <laughs> um i watched i marathoned during uh this this was kind of like when i decided to sell all my my gore films um I marathoned the whole August Underground trilogy, uh, um, and I was just like, I was like, I'm never gonna watch these again, ever. I'm, I'm like, they were very well done. Like, don't get me wrong, special effects were incredible. Like the grittiness, the grime, like what the what you know, Fred Vogel and his Toe Tag Productions crew were going for in those movies. They, it's unmatched. You can't get, you can't go harder than that. You know, that movie, that that, was, that trilogy came out. It was all said and done between like 2001 and like 2007. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, you left nothing <laughs> for the future world to try to top. I'm mean, like that. You took it to such an extreme. Um, I'm sure someone can figure out a way to do it. But I was just kind of like, I, I don't know. I'm not going to watch this again. I'm not going to go watch 70 minutes of, you know, simulated murder. for. <laughs> and then. So, yeah, I sold all my gore tape, uh, all my gore films and gore tapes. And I was like, I, I don't need this. I'm going to buy more movies of people in monster suits because that I there, there's a better chance I'm going to come home from a long day of work, <laughs> my dinner and watch like the deadly spawn or blood diner than I am going to sit down and be like, man, can't wait to watch. Fucking- <laughs> can't wait to watch a Serbian film tonight. Family <laughs> flick. <laughs> have, have a. Gonna have a slice of pizza in a Serbian film. Yeah, just it was. It just wasn't happening. I I had so many movies. Like I I owned. Um, this is gonna be like a real obscure one. Like if you know this one, if you ever saw an uncut copy, props to you for hunting it down. Like I owned Murder Set Pieces, which is just stupidly hard to get the uncut version of that movie. Um, and I just very luckily stumbled upon a, an affordable listing one day on eBay, and I was just like. I almost hesitated. Hesitated. I was talking to my friend. My friend's like, "You're hesitating on that? Like, buy?" It. I'm like, "All right, fine." Empty <laughs> my bank account. And I bought it, and I don't think I even watched it for like months after I got it. And one day I watched it, and I was just like, "Wow, that was nuts!" And I was like, "I don't know if I'm ever gonna watch that again." And I didn't. I remember it took you a while to watch it because I remembered you getting it, but yeah. it's like, like I have, um, like uh, the American guinea pig films. I have like yeah. a bouquet of guts and gore. Yeah. Oh, I, I had some of the Japanese guinea pig films as yeah. well. It's, the effects are amazing. It's they're incredible. It looks so oh. real. But like yeah. the first one, like bouquet of uh, guts and gore or whatever. I'm like, if you want to see two people get dismembered for an hour and a half, that looks real as shit. Yeah. Watch it. Yeah. But then like the second installment though, uh, Bloodshock. I think it's Bloodshock. Yeah, it's Bloodshock. I always mess it up. Bloodshock. Bloodshot. Anyway, um. The second installment, like that movie, like it's it hits on a harder level. Like it's definitely gory and stuff, but like the ending shot of it, I always say I'm like, it's one of the like most beautiful ending sequences I've yeah. seen in a movie. 
Yeah. And like that one, I'm like, no, I would totally watch that shit again. It's like, it's yeah. so weird how some of them can have some sort of value, but then there's those ones that are just like, you watch I, the I think they all have like artistic value and merit and stuff like that. Um, it was just kind of like, it's just such an extreme where I'm just like, I'm good. Like, I've gotten my fill of the genre. But I mean, yeah. like, one time I got really mad. So I bought um, Aftermath, uh, the which if you haven't seen Aftermath, I think it came out in the 90s. That was the one about an autopsy doctor that has a little too much fun with a corpse. And it was like a really big deal in the 90s because it was like really gory and really extreme. Um, but it was part of a trilogy. And so I watched it. I was like, OK, that was, you know, brutal. And then I watched part three. And the director, because uh, the part one is just like a 15 minute short film um, and there was like no gore. And then you get to Aftermath and it's just straight up all gore. And then you get to part three, which is called Genesis, I think. And um, I watched that one and it was more like, there was, again, very limited gore or, or, you know, even horror. It was more like this art film. And it was so good. It was so good. The special effects were incredible. The, it was it was loosely a narrative, but it was just like so artistic and so like beautifully done. And I'm just like, why doesn't anyone talk about th this installment of the director's trilogy? Like everyone just talk. I'm like, like I understand that the praise that that aftermath deserves and stuff like that. But uh, Genesis was uh, like, like, you don't hear anything. I didn't even know it existed. I got the movie. I was like, wait, there's three movies on this disc. <laughs> um, and I watched it, and I, I was like so upset that no one was talking about it. I'm like. Screw this movie. <laughs> this is, people talk about their own movie, people. <laughs> this one is so good. So yeah. Um uh, yeah. So yeah, they're they're really well done. They're fantastic movies. If you're interested in shock and splatter and gore and stuff like that, I'm not gonna knock you. You know, it's interesting stuff. It's really cool, but it's definitely I, uh, one of those things that yeah, I feel like if you like horror, you need to at least try it out. You gotta like, you if, gotta if you, like, if you don't like horror at all, then by no means watch it. Yeah, but like, if you truly want to like explore the your, genre, yeah, hit your senses like audio and visually. Like, I definitely say check one of them out just to be like, there is this crazy shit out there. Yeah. Like, and and I think that's that can be said about like a lot of forms of art. Like, if you're going to appreciate an art, like explore the whole genre. You know, Ex explore the extent of the art because sometimes you find things that you really like, and other times you just know that that, that it exists and kind of like, you know, develop an appreciation for the, the broader spectrum of the art. Like, um, it always upsets me when when people are like, "Oh yeah, I'm into punk rock." I'm like, "Oh cool, what's your favorite band?" They're always just like, you know. Green Day and some 41, stuff like that. Or they'll say like Ramones and Bad Religion. And I'm like, those are all perfectly fine bands. You want to listen to them, go for it and stuff like that. But I'm like, did you know there are other bands that are like perhaps less known and explore all different sounds of the genre and stuff like that? Yeah. Like, hey, kid, you ever listen to Harsh Noise? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, I'm not saying go out and go buy a Harsh Noise album. But like, check it out. <laughs> Just... Just be like, wow, it's I can see how the genre can evolve into this and sort of like appreciate it. Well, I think that's a good segue because, you know, I want to talk movies and all that, but we need to get into music. That's what you're currently stuff you're currently doing, how yes. we met. And like you said, experimenting the genre. Yeah. Vomit chord with noise and what the fuck and. We we just got we got stories to tell. This is the There's, where are they now section of the, <laughs> the podcast. We should just do the podcast and go straight to the book. Cash in. 
New York bestseller. Um, get the get the TV deal. It's, it's gonna be it's gonna be a hardcover book about the stories of Dingus and Vomit Cord from the years 2015 to like 2018. 2019 maybe maybe 20 maybe we'll go all the way to 2020 and it's gonna be a hardcover book and it's gonna be like the sonic 2 sonic hedgehog 2 logo where sonic <laughs> yeah. and Tails are in the yeah. ring but it's gonna be you and me doing doing like a thumbs up and it's gonna be great <laughs> i think i think we need to make that now yes i would love to see that artwork um <laughs> but what um what pushed you to get into music yeah um i don't know i guess when i was in middle school and high school i started listening to music I listened. To, started listening to music in middle school. Discovered Lincoln Park, and I was like, "Oh man, this is cool." And I listened to like Three Days Grace and Slipknot, and I was like, "This is cool." <laughs> but I, I was like, I always thought that they were like, you know, thought if you wanted to be a musician, you had to be like a guitar god. You had to go practice for fifteen hours a day before you could even think about releasing music. Um, and one day, I just kind of like outgrew some of like. You know those artists, and I was like, I want something more. You know this maybe as I'm growing up, like this this isn't entirely speaking to me anymore. You know, like Lincoln Park speaks to you when you're in middle school, and you get a little bit older, and you're like, I need something a little bit more real. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was what they write about, very real to you in middle school, but then you get to high school, and you're like, okay, I need something a little more real. So yeah, started finding like punk and and more underground metal and stuff like that, and I started finding like, oh shoot, you can I can. I, I, with my limited time and finances, can actually make some of this stuff. So I remember, like, in high school, my friend and I uh, started exploring the realms of black metal. And we start, I was like, I'm going to practice and be, I'm going to learn to do black metal vocals. And he's like, I'm going to learn black metal guitar. And we recorded some of, like, the most awful, horrendous demos you've ever heard that you've never heard because we won't let it see the light of day. I don't know. It's on a cassette tape somewhere out there. Someone owns it, or hopefully it was burned in, and eliminated from from time and space. But it was bad. I I learned to do black metal vocals, but then we stopped doing it. And I was like, I'm going to do my own band. So like, uh, started you know dabbling the stuff. I bought a drum machine. I started buying some instruments. I started writing lyrics. I started practicing vocals. Started recording demos. I bought like a little Tascam four track recorder. Um, and yeah, I just started writing and recording and I was just like, okay, I'm, I'm listening to bands, you know, I'm listening to like Christian death. I'm listening to like Rudy P I'm listening to Bauhaus. I'm listening to misfits. I'm listening to, um, the hell else was I listening to a lot of dead Kennedys I'm listening to just a lot of like punk and post-punk and death rock and stuff. And then, you know, getting into some like, uh, black metal, a little bit of death metal, uh, some thrash, um, some industrial got into like skinny puppy and stuff. I'm just like. I can make this stuff, you know, it's just, it's noise. It's basic chords. It's more about atmosphere. It's more about texture. Um, it's more about like colors and feelings and vibes. And I'm like, I can do that. I can figure that out. Um, and yeah, started making it and I started making some weird stuff and some people vibed with it. Some folks like Nicholas here started vibing with it. I'll never forget. It was cause we were doing stitches at what was it? casualties i always forget yes you opened for the casualties yeah and it was you were there that was my 18th birthday and then it was random uh because i remember i think yeah it was like matt and i talk he's like get a friend request from a an anani moss (laughs) on facebook i'm like yeah i don't know who it is and like i think it was no it wasn't the cds it was me i forget why we initially met up i think it was to go to the record store we met at the mall yeah yeah. But 
I said to Matt, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm hanging out with Jacob, you know, an animos. I'm like, you know what the worst part is? He's like, what? I'm like, I don't remember what this fucking dude looks like. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I have no clue who I'm looking for right now. And I remember you mentioning you had, because I was like with the first Red Stag album. So you had like this care package that I still have all the pieces of, oh, yeah. of everything. And the little hand sure note to me. I was like, this guy knows how to play an instrument. He's obviously a god. He's obviously too cool to hang out with me. And then you're like, I got this basement. I won't hold shows. And I'm like, I would be honored. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, then it's like, I remember you just handed me this care package of all this stuff. And I'm just like, oh, my God. And the moment I dropped you off, I popped that CD in. I'm like, who is this boy? <laughs> <laughs> but no, like immediately, like I listened to it. I remember I showed it to Dust. I'm like, dude, check this shit out. Yeah. And then I remember our CD release show. You coming up. Can you sign my CD? I'm like, dude. I'm going to smack you. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I still have that CD signed by the whole band. And I'll never let it go my whole life. Yeah, I had this thing where I was like between like probably like, I don't know, just when I was young, probably like 18 to like 20 years old, where every show I would go to anytime I bought merch, I would ask to have it autographed. I was like, what if they become famous, you know, or like they're just cool. You know, I just thought I would be like flattering them. So I just had like just like literally CDRs like in paper sleeves. I was like, can you autograph this? Or like, are you serious? And I'm like, please. <laughs> like, OK, <laughs> see that that's not bad. What's bad is I remember in high school playing with bands that had pre-signed CDRs <laughs> at the merch table. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. God no! But I, I was on the other end. I was on the innocent end. I was not on the on the uh, <laughs> priest. Maybe I did. I might have just because when I first released that first CD, I was so proud of it. I was like, "That's it. I'm signing everything." I'm it was good. You did like Digipack release and all. I still had it. Like yeah. Digipack release and all. Like it, I, that's I didn't. I didn't cheap out. I spent a lot of money on those because like you never do cheap out. No, because the thing was, I was my whole I released that first album on the last week that I was in high school. Like I graduated a week after I released that CD. I remember running through the hallways trying to find people that were in my classes because it was finals week. So we weren't like doing the regular class schedule. So I had to find my friends. And I was like, here, I released a CD this week. You get a copy, just handing it out to people. And they were just like, oh, this is actually really nice looking. And I was like, I know I didn't spare any expense from my fucking ShopRite paychecks. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was proud of that thing when I put it out. It's good. And it's funny, too, because it was like I, I was the one who like kind of fought for the Digipacks to like shrink wrap and all. That. I'm like, guys, come on, Digipacks, no jewel case. I'm like, Digipacks, we're in the age of the Digipack. And it was like, we all did that. And they're like, oh, yeah, this is a good choice. This is a good choice. And then you handed the Digipack to me. I'm like, this man's got style. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, so because I was like, I didn't know that I could just be a rock star. I didn't know I could just put out an album like there are no right. You one can just make a CD, which I don't know. I guess, <laughs> I guess we could debate the, <laughs> the <laughs> cultural significance of of just unfettered ability to release shit into the world on really nice packaging but like i was so thrilled i was like damn for 500 dollars, i too can put my cd in digipack form in my record collection and then never listen to it um 
<laughs> that adapted to multiple cassettes and yes. multiple seats. And now it's just like, ah, uh, back in my day, I had to work so many hours at ShopRite to put out my first, uh, Bro, my first library uh, of tunes. Bringing home like a hundred bucks a week. And I was, and like, I was like ver- being very good about saving my money actually. So it was like, my John was like, I, I would put a hundred dollars in my savings and whatever was left over, I got to keep in my checking account. So with that, it was like a really slow process. What, what should have been like three weeks of pay turned into like, okay, I got to save it for like six months to put out this stupid CD. Um, you know, so yeah. So anyway, I put out, you know, a couple albums with that project, but then, you know, the one that the people care about, that people are here <laughs> to hear about, uh, it was is bomb accord, of course. So what happened was in 2015, I had I had been, you know, I was so proud of my other project, but no one was getting down with it. No one, and I kept going to shows, and I wanted to talk to people about playing shows together, but everyone was playing like really boring stuff. I'm like, if I have to listen to another band cover Last Caress, I'm going to scream. Or if I have to hear another pop punk or indie or fucking emo band, I'm going to lose my mind. I cannot stand another indie rock part i went to a show and there was a band and they were actually pretty good and then they started preaching about like religion to us and they were like a christian ska band and i was like i'm done i'm done i'm out what is the opposite what is the absolute opposite of all of this so i was i was playing mega man mega man x on my gamecube and i was like this music is so good and I went on YouTube and I was listening to video game soundtracks, listening to Mega Man and Kirby and Sonic. And then I found a video and a guy who was like, I'm going to show you how to make 8-bit music on a Game Boy. I was like, I'm interested. You have my attention. And I watched the video and he linked to a website where you could get these modded Game Boys done. And he talked talked about the program called um, LSDJ, which is like a sequencer. Um that can be put onto like a blank. They make blank Game Boy cartridges that you can load Game Boy ROMs onto. So someone made LSDJ, which could be downloaded as a ROM onto a blank Game Boy cartridge. And then you could put it in a Game Boy and program the sequencer. And then you could go a step further and get a modded Game Boy to have like a fourth inch or uh, uh, yeah, fourth inch or an eighth inch uh, output. And uh, you could get like some other bells and whistles that I don't understand because I'm technologically you know incompetent. Uh, you can get like backlit screen. So I'm like, that's it. Get an eighth inch output, a backlit screen. And I got some crazy colors and I got LSDJ on a cartridge and I had no idea what I was doing. So I'm like, I started programming. I'm like, I'm going to make like cool, happy sounding A-bit music like in Sonic. And it's going to sound cool. Even though Sonic, I guess, is 16 bit or whatever. Um, but I rapidly discovered that I was not very good at making happy, cheerful poppy sounding nostalgic music instead i was able to make noisy dissonant disruptive ugly sounds and um i just can't but i I was like i don't care i'm having fun i'm having fun programming this i'll figure something out for it eventually and my original plan was i would just keep saving the tracks and one day i'd have enough tracks and i would just i was going to uh dress up as a shark and I was going to call it Mako Shark Tsunami. And it was going to be just just straight up instrumental 8-bit music. And I don't know what my plan was beyond that. I just thought the name and the concept was cool. I'm like, that's it. That's what we this is gonna be Mako Shark Tsunami, and it's gonna be so cool. I'm gonna be the this is gonna be the littest shit New Jersey I've ever seen. 
but I got so angry. I got so angry at all the shows I was going to, and I was also just angry because I was in college. I hated college. I'm just like I am an angry person. <laughs> what is the opposite of all of this trash that I am being exposed to? And so <laughs> I uh, I I bought. Okay, actually, I so I had the costume already for Bond. Yeah. So I had it, and the reason I had it was because I you had I had a problem. I used to play RuneScape a lot, and it's a very boring game. If you've ever played RuneScape, it's a tedious, oh, yeah. boring game, but I loved it. And they had just released old school RuneScape, and I was grinding out a whole bunch of skills. And I'm like, what do I do while I'm like doing this? Um, obviously not my schoolwork. I wasn't doing that. So instead, I would go on Omegle dressed as Vomit Cord, and I would just put I'd put on like a black and white filter and I would just match with random people on the internet and I would just like <laughs> I'd be dressed as Vomit Cord and I'd just I'd just be like, hello. Like I didn't I barely ever turned the mic on. I didn't even talk. I had a whiteboard, a little whiteboard, and I would write stuff on it and I would just hold it up in front of the camera. And people would be like, what are you doing? Who, what are you, they were so, so many people were frightened. And the, I just kept like, and then my friends started watching me. I would stream it to them on like Skype and Discord and stuff. Yeah. I would stream myself going on Omegle as Vomacord, who did not have a name at the time. Um, and just goof on people. My friends thought it was the funniest thing in the world. Um, so I'm like, I have an audience for this costume already. I have all these songs just sitting here. And I have a burning desire to make something that is just a slap in the face to everyone producing this awful music that I keep hearing. Um, and so uh, I was like, I, I guess I just need a name and some lyrics. And uh, yeah, I, my, my rule was just don't think about the lyrics too hard. And so I just started writing like just angry stuff on um, and down. And I was like, I can just yell it. I'll just yell it over the Game Boy. And, uh, and so it happened. <laughs> and so it began. And I recorded it and released it Christmas Eve. And then, where's the vomit coming to the cord? People may be asking right now that don't yeah. know. Oh, and that so was the first basement show. The, where, the, well, the stage part of it. <laughs> yes. So, no, actually, it straight up came in that exact moment. So, vomit was never intended to be involved with this project. Never. I had no conception of it. The name just sounded cool. I was like, that just sounds like a, a gross, abrasive name. And I drew the logo with a Sharpie marker. And I was just like, here we go. I'm, we're good. I'm good to go. I was going back and forth on names. I think I had like a whole sheet of them, I think, at one point. The only other one I can remember, well, I mean, obviously there was Mako Shark Tsunami. And there was the, the opportunity to maintain that name because um, it sounds sick as hell. Um, it does. <laughs> there's still a chance. I can still do it. I think another one was like Demon Craft, and I was like, "That's like, I was, it was edgy, and Vomacore is also edgy, but it was like edgy, like middle school edgy, you know." Demon Craft sounds like someone that dresses in nothing but black craft, and they're like, "I'm yeah. making cool music because yeah, fuck the sounds, rest." Like it sounds like a mumble rapper who just finished high school, you know. <laughs> like in hindsight, I made a very good choice. Yeah, so I made Vomacore, and uh. Yeah, I then the first show, the reason that I did the vomit thing, because my friend was there and he was about to go away to the Navy. And I had bought from a hot sauce store a bottle of chili extract. And the guy at the counter was like, look, this is a food additive. This is not a sauce. Don't mess with this. He's like, don't 
you, you take a toothpick, you dab it, you stick it in your food, you end it. That's it. He's like, you don't eat this. You don't drizzle it on your food. You don't pour it into your food. Dabs, dabs with. And I'm like, okay. Um, so being like 20 or 21 years old and being a jackass, I was, I went up to my friend who was, I think I actually stopped the show and ran up to my room. If I remember correctly, you did, you did. I was like, wait a second. (laughs) My friend here is going away. I'm going to let you do this to me. So I held out a spoon and was like, pour as much as you want onto this. Mind you, there was Jake. Joe was there. I don't think Jake there. I don't think Jake was there. What's that? Tyler, Jake? I miss I messed I, up Jake and yeah. Tyler. Something Tyler was there. It was Tyler. Joe, I think, was there. And then there might have been what two other people, I think. Hopkins came in at one point. Dustin yeah. was there because Dustin was holding a camera. My girlfriend at the time. Uh yeah. I think my sister may have came in for like the your last sister talk. did because that's when I first met your sister. Her, her boyfriend was there though. Yes. He watched Tanner. the whole thing. Um, yeah. Because wow, there, remember, there was more people there than I remember. Like he was, I was, I was like, this song's called Bomb Accord. And he's like, is your next song puke note? And I was like, shut up. <laughs> yeah, because we were we were alternating back and forth to yeah, that we, show. We didn't have set times. It was just one set with both of us going back and forth between songs. <laughs> and whenever one person would perform me, the other person just sat there. <laughs> it was great. But but yeah, so I was like, fill up the spoon, and he filled it up, and I ate it. I just ate it, you know, because the guy t- said not to, and I'm like, well, I'm just gonna do it. So I ate it and I didn't know what effects it was going to have on my body. They were awful effects, horrendous effects. I swallowed it. I learned later not to swallow it. And that's how I became like so much better at it. But at the time I swallowed it, a whole spoonful of it. Awful. Horrendous. Horrendous. Sometimes it's better off if you don't swallow everyone. (laughs) Keep that in mind. (laughs) (laughs) One of the worst choices I've ever made in my life Um, or best. I don't know. It hurt a lot for a long time. And anyway, I started spitting everywhere, obviously, because I was trying to spit it out. Um, but it's an oil, so it doesn't really come out very easily. Yeah. Um, I, and yeah, it was a, a horrific time, and I drooled everywhere. But people thought it was fantastic. When I say people, uh, you know, our five friends who were being horrible influences. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And uh, I I just was like, I guess I just have to do this now. Yeah. And it progressed to so much because you've played, you know, you played noise festivals with it. We've played festivals together. Yeah. We branched off. I went north. You went south. And <laughs> and yeah, the I, thing was, everyone would always talk about Vomicord. He, he was on a radio station twice. <laughs> it was it was so weird. It was such a strange thing for people to be like, I want you on the radio. I want you on this fest. And, and it wasn't just like, oh, I want you there. It was, I want you there. And they promoted me. They were telling yeah. people to go check me out. I mean, I uh, when I, I played a festival in North Carolina, um, American Babylon, I think it was called. Yeah. And um, it was an all-day noise fest with some weird folk punk bands thrown in. But it was like 90-some-odd percent noise bands. Um. In someone's house, which <laughs> is gross. But yeah, there was a band that I really liked that was on the bill, but they dropped. I was like, oh no, you know who's? And they were one of the headliners. I was like, who are they going to make the next headliner? And I get a text from there, like, listen, Vaughn McCord, you're the new headliner because they dropped. So we were so excited about you. And I didn't apply to be at that fest. I had applied to be at the fest the year prior under my other project, 
but I think you posted a video of me performing his vomit chord, and they were like, "Who is this?" I think and so. I was like, and you were like, "This guy," and they're like, "He played our fest last year. Why didn't we know about this band?" <laughs> and then, <laughs> why? Why did he play that shitty music that was serious? Why yeah, did he not why play? That? Why did he play that other stuff? They were like. You're like, why Why did you bring your weird dungeon synthy organ project down? Why didn't you show us this? I was like, because I don't feel like driving in the middle of nowhere in North Carolina and puking my brains out. How about that? But <laughs> they, they were like, you have to play. You have to. And I was like, okay, fine. I'll do it. I'll do it. But only because you guys are nice people. <laughs> <laughs> they are nice people. I, I gassed out that whole room. It was in the guys. It was in the person's living room uh, that the fest was hosted. They built a stage in the living room. And you could not find a dry spot to sit from all the like alcohol and body sweat and fluids in there. Uh, I'm like, I don't know how you continue to live in this house after this fest. I slept in my car. Um, but yeah, it was like there were two entrances into this room and there were windows, but the windows weren't open and the entrances were clogged with people. So by the end of my set, it was just in the air and people were gagging on it. I remember uh, uh, you remember the basement show where the vial fell off the podium oh, and yeah. shattered. Yeah, that whole basement filled up with that. I remember cleaning up and then I went to go to the bathroom. I guess I had some on my hands because biggest oh, was fiery yeah. in the crotch you, area. You get it on your finger and and your hand and you know the next six 16 times you go to urinate is a bad time. Um but yeah, I mean, I, I have the suit in my closet in a drawstring bag, and every time I open that up, it's like getting hit with tear gas. It's, it's, I've washed that costume so many times, um, and it's just, it's not coming out. It's just permanently in there. I mean, I remember there was, a, it, it was one of the Mad Liberation festivals. Some kid uh, hurt their leg, and I was like, I was in costume already. <laughs> I'm like leaning over this kid and in the full costume. Do people know what the costume looks like? I don't. If, if you don't know what the costume looks like, I'm wearing a skeleton shirt, spiky gloves, spiky goggles, a bondage mask, and like a bullet belt, and just chains and fishnets. There's definitely going to be pictures in the yeah. post. I, you but know, I'm going to have to post. Just like looming over this kid who just got wrecked in this pit, and I'm just like, do you need medical attention? And this kid's like, yes, I do. Weird bondage man. And I was like, I'll go get them. But I, it, like the, the medical tent was on the other side of the fest. It's like 80 degrees out and humid. So I'm sprinting because I'm like, this kid may have broke his leg. And the sweat like irritates the, the capsaicin that's stuck in the mask. And the sweat starts going down my back and the back of my oh. neck and my ears. And I'm like, I haven't even done my performance yet. And I am, my whole body is on fire. What's up with you at Madlib being the medic in vomit cord gear? Me with my ingrown toenail, us both dressed in full gimmick, coming out of a bathroom. I was hoping this story would come up. I want this whole story done. It's going on right here, right now. So Jacob and I, we played Mad Lip Fest. And um, he was there earlier than I was. I had an ingrown toenail that was fucking up my toe so bad. It was infected. It was terrible. I was like, shit, I got to play this festival. I'm playing at like three in the morning. Shit, this sucks. So I drive there. I'm miserable because I could like barely walk. It hurts to put pressure on it. But I'm like, I'm doing this. So we're hanging out and all that. And uh, the time finally comes. Like 
it, it's getting close. It's that night that we're playing. So we're like, let's get in costume, you know, let's just hang around in costume. And I'm like, dude, I got to figure something out with my toe. So we go to the bathroom in this building. This is like an old scout camp. And now, um, wait, it's worth noting there's only two real bathrooms at this best. There's a oh, yeah. slew of porta potties and two real bathrooms, one of which we are now occupying, and there's no AC in it and no ventilation. So we're trying to, we thought it was like a blood blister type thing. We're sitting there poking at my toe with, I think we were using like one of our, one of my merch buttons or something. No, so that we, Dustin had made me that shirt and he put a custom button on it. That's what it was. Because I remember you saying like, thank you, Dustin, for pulling through, you know? Yeah. So he had like a safety pin and like we were, um, we got like rubbing alcohol and all we're sitting there just poking at it. It's just nothing's working. It's it's like, nah, kid, this is <laughs> you got to get this the door and we're just like occupied. <laughs> so we walk out in full costume, all sweaty, disgruntled <laughs> after hacking at my toe for like 15 minutes. <laughs> and he's just in a clown. I'm just in bondage gear. We're sweating. His makeup smeared. <laughs> And this girl's like, you guys okay? You got all ten fingers and toes? <laughs> I was like, well, I'm missing a toe. But then, like, we walked by, like, this guy, girlfriend, they're like, what are you guys? And we're like, we're about to play a show. He's got ingrown toenail. The guy's just, like, deadpan looking at us. He's like, oh, well, you guys want some shrooms? That was Joe. <laughs> That's Joe from that Sunday. Was? That was? Yes. <laughs> Which just makes the story so much better because we didn't know each other yet, and he ended up becoming like the biggest fan. Oh my god! <laughs> well, so to, to, Tony and, offered us stuff that weekend. We we got like, offered ketamine at seven thirty in the goddamn morning. Hadn't had breakfast. You guys want some ketamine? <laughs> like, no, I want my breakfast. So to to round the story out. I ended up switching my set with this band called Deja Gravy. Deja Gravy just so happens to contain one Vader Boris, the first ever <laughs> guest of the Culture Podcast, great friend of ours, and had to switch sets with them. And that that was our official on official meeting of each other. But that's the story. It. They killed it that night. I remember. Great. Oh, that. yeah. But so, yeah, that's that's the vomit. Let's let's dive into so. Also, going on simultaneously was Hateful Scarecrows. Yeah. So, yeah, I remember them cats. (laughs) (laughs) So, Hateful Scarecrows, you and Joe, drum machine, you on bass, him on guitar, you doing vocals. I didn't even start on bass. I didn't do bass until like a year in. Um, It was originally, he would record the bass and he would program the drums and he would make like a wave file or an MP3 file and he would play it back on his phone. Um, it started off with like a physical drum machine that he programmed the bass or like, like a, like an MPC device. Um, and uh, it just kept failing on us. So then we just re-recorded everything on like a Tash cam and then the Tash cam became unreliable. So then he put it on his phone and then he accidentally deleted all the files on his phone. And I'm just like, so we're recording one day, one night, and uh, and he plays all the bass and he plays guitar. And I think I programmed the drums that time on my drum machine. I'm like, I don't trust you anymore. And and his bass is sitting there. I'm like, can I try that? And he's like, yeah. And I picked it up and I wrote a riff on it, like a really simple riff. 
And I'm just like, let's record this. And he's like, okay. So we record the riff. And I was like, that's it. From now on, I'm playing bass. And I'm programming the drums. Because I don't trust you anymore. Because the machines kept crapping out. But yeah, for a while, it was Joe and I. Me on bass. Him on, uh, me on bass and vocals. Him on guitar. And a lot of drum programming in there in the early days. And then you programmed to, hey, you want to do a couple uh, drum tracks for the new album? Oh, yeah. And, and so you want to do a show? And so, yeah. Hey, we're recording the next album. We got these shows coming up. All right, cool. And then Matt Lemming, Raccoon yes. Boy, Raccoon. And from here on, if I say Raccoon, it's it's Matt. I just I call him Raccoon so much now because we got too many Matts in our lives. We had to distinguish. So Matt Lemming became Matt Raccoon, and then just Raccoon. But but I think there needs to be an honorable mention. Joe needs a shout out, a proper shout out for this, not just for like him and I like surviving through those early years of Papal Scarecrows, just being like the shittiest musicians in the world. Also, Oh no, I want to tell the story about how we made the name. Um, I had again, just a whole list of names. We had no idea what one we were going to use. And we had like three and a half songs that were barely written. And then one of my favorite bands announced that they were going to be in New York city for one night. And it was a 21 and up show. And I was 20. And I was like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I contacted the promoter. I'm like, is the show 21 up? He's like, yes, no exceptions. I'm like, what if my band plays? And he's like, I will make an exception because I need a band. And I was like, okay, we'll play. He's like, what's your band's name? I'm like, oh no. <laughs> so it was like, I started drawing a hateful scarecrows logo. And I remember Joe specifically saying, that's a comfy name. And I thought that was the strangest thing in the world. It's <laughs> a comfy name. I'm like, what's wrong with you? So, I'm like, <laughs> I don't know if he remembers saying that, but I explicitly remember him saying that's a comfy name. So I'm like, we're hateful scarecrows. And he's like, cool. You have social media. I'm like, no. He's like, you have songs. I'm like, no. I'm like, cool. He books us anyway. And so all this, and, and we bombed the show. It was horrible. We played horribly. So many technical difficulties, forgetting lyrics, bad dance moves. Joe forgets half the, how to play half the songs. But I got to see some shitty goth band from utah called tragic black who i love so dearly and it was like the best night of my life so i don't give a shit um but then we were like let's try to book a tour and i didn't know how to book a tour and we also <laughs> didn't have any songs but we were doing it anyway and i couldn't get any shows booked except for a show in cincinnati ohio on a tuesday night so joe and i take off of work and we he drives us 10 hours to cincinnati ohio straight from new jersey one like no stops i think we made one stop maybe and we played for 13 minutes and sold like a patch um and left the show early and just immediately started driving back we we, we pull up to uh, joe's just like i can't drive anymore we gotta stop and i'm like okay there's just pull over to the next hotel we pull up to like a holiday inn and I'm like, hey, I just need one bedroom until morning. And the guy's like $90. And I'm like, are you kidding me? It's three in the morning. I'm going to lay in there for six hours. You're charging me $90. But we paid it. And we go up to the room. And the last thing I remember is throwing a pillow on the floor and a blanket on the floor. And I think Joe was like, bro, I don't care if we share the bed. Because like we weren't going to pay for a two-bed like two unit. We just yeah. Paid I remember being like, I don't care if we share a bed, bro. Like, I, we're just going to pass out for six hours. I remember him saying that and then just waking up on the floor. 
<laughs> but I was just like, I think in my head, I was just like, he's doing all the driving, like give the man the whole bed, you know, oh, like yeah. I'm literally just going to pass out. And, um, uh, and, and yeah, I just woke up the next morning and I'm just like, are we alive? Or where are we? What state are we in? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> and we drove all the way back. And that was so, yeah, Joe needs a proper shout out. Yeah. Drive. 20 hours of driving because I didn't know how to book a tour. So we could play 13 minutes with a bunch of folks in Cincinnati, Ohio, who probably don't remember us. <laughs> I want to, it's like, I wish there was some way of knowing if anyone ever did. I, maybe, maybe, uh, the uh, hateful scarecrows get a show in Cincinnati, Ohio, to see if uh, if if like we're to play there. If so, we'll be like, I remember you guys when it was only the two of you. We we show up and everyone like remembers us. Turns out we're like a cult band that everyone is just like, it's like oh my, they're coming back again. I hope they play for fourteen minutes this time. <laughs> I hope they play an extra thirty seconds. <laughs> I still have the patch. I <laughs> I sewed it into my skin. <laughs> I got a tattoo of their logo on my ass, you know. <laughs> yeah, and hateful scarecrows. It's like could go, could go off more about it and everything. I want to have the raccoon on here too. So yeah. um, he he's you know, part of that. Yeah, he's um, a part of it. Want to talk to him more about it? But something, an aspect that hateful scarecrows that I want to touch on. Talk about the logo and all that. Vomicord and Hateful Scarecrows had their own action figures. This is and true. I before because it's you know could keep playing on the past because so many good stories. But we also have a band that you're currently doing that we need to get into and talk about. This is so true. It's and, and you know us. We could talk for hours, baby. Oh yeah. <laughs> but oh, yeah. um. So briefly, briefly tell everyone about these toys and your love for toy making stuff. Because I know I got some listeners that love toys. Oh yeah, just yeah. About adult ones. <laughs> I tried to take up the hobby at one point of playing with resin. Uh, I, I got into old my old. I got into mold making. I I tried. I was buying like air dry clay and like trying to sculpt stuff. But I was not a sculptor. I was not a very good resin maker. I was not a very good mold maker. But I made really, really <laughs> amateurish. Uh, hateful scarecrows, sort of like charms, if you will, pendants, little, little yeah. resin replicas of our scarecrow logo from our first demo. And then I tried to sculpt myself as vomit cord. And uh, yeah, I made a little army of vomit cord action figures and hateful scarecrows logos. Two projects were going on at the same time. And yeah, they didn't sell very well, but <laughs> I made them. I was at, I, I remember sitting in my room painting them all. Being like, I'm so cool. I made an action figure of myself. I don't think I even have any. But um, I do. I definitely have them. Nick shot. I don't know where they are, but let's just say the resurgence. I know someone with two 3D printers. <laughs> and I might know a guy who I work with that 3D sculpts. Ooh, yeah. I mean, if someone wants to make a Vomitcord action figure, consider consider Vomitcord to be public domain. He is he is the people's project, you know. <laughs> I mean, like it's it's all of you who are making shitty music that created that conjured him up. Like if you were making shitty music in the years 2015 to like 
2017. I no, I should say I should say like 2013 to like 2017. If you were making shitty music then, if you were making pop punk, indie, emo, or covering Last Caress, consider yourself at fault for pop for Bomb Accord's existence. And I my gift to you is that he's public domain, so you can do whatever you want. I make action figures, make art, make fanfics, rule 34 that shit. No, don't I actually don't, but <laughs> whatever 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 tickles your fancy i guess i don't care i i haven't touched the project in uh, almost it'll be it's three years this month actually. i think the bomb accords last show is february 2020 right before covid hit um so i haven't touched it in almost three years now so i mean if if someone wants to do something with it then go for it now what if we want you to do something with it would you ever put the skins back on I, I got the suit sitting in my co- in my closet. So the, the thing is, um, like it's I think I don't think that there's like a, a lack of demand for it. I think that there is perhaps a conflict of interest with COVID and the nature of the performance. So like one person did hit me up. They're like, Jacob, I really, really they hadn't seen Bombacord yet. They're like, I really want to see it. They're like, will you play it? And I was like, I have no problem. I'm like, if you give me a spot to stand and a, a, a consenting audience, I will do it. But this was in, I think, 2021 at this point. And I was just like, I was like, I'll do it. But uh, I'm like, I, I don't know how you want to do this. What with COVID and the literal nature of me spitting on myself and people, you know, and I'm like, I'm OK. You know, I was vaccinated at the time. I'm pretty sure uh, I'm vaccinated now, at least. And um, I, I was like, I'll do it. But you have to find an audience that, that is willing to literally have stuff that was in my mouth inside their mouth and eyes, you know, uh, like not that I'm spitting in people's faces. But like, as we were saying, like this stuff is like tear dance, you know, yeah, it goes everywhere. It's yeah. and it's not for nothing, too, but. It, it takes a lot out of you as well, because I distinctly remember I think it was the last show or one of the last shows where every everyone in the audience started spitting into the spit bucket. Yes, there was a spit bucket that Jacob would yeah. make people hold and drool into, but <laughs> everyone was spitting into it. And what does Jacob do? He unzips the mouth zipper of the mask and pours the bucket into his mouth. So it's there's a lot of things in this. <laughs> this For the uh, record, my mom is just happy I don't do drugs. <laughs> she, 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 she's like, look, I don't need to see the performance. I'm just happy you're not doing drugs. You know, like when we moved to Tom's River, the the real estate agent was like, look, they call the local high school heroin high, and she's just like, oh fuck, you know. But but I did not. I I hate needles. You know how hard it was for me to get the damn vaccine. Hate needles. I never touched heroin. Fuck heroin. As long as you're not doing drugs, yeah, the one, the one, like you're not doing drugs. So I mean, like I can't fault you for being weird, you know. Um, that, that one night on the patio. <laughs> hey, Nick and insert name here are, are tripping on shrooms. You want some, Mom? Nah, I'm going to bed. Thank you. She thought I was joking. She thought I was joking. <laughs> as, as I'm laying there, like upside down on an armchair. <laughs> but uh. But yeah, I, I don't know. My mom's like, I'm working on my master's degree right now. My mom's just like, you're not doing drugs. So just like do whatever you want, as long as you're <laughs> as long as you're happy, you know. Anything to make you happy. But yes, Vomacore does take a lot out of me. I mean, that the, the show that I did in in January, the second to last show, 
at the Asbury Park Brewery where everyone was spitting in my bucket, unbeknownst to me, because I probably couldn't even see because the shit was probably in my eyes. Um, yeah, I mean, I remember having an anxiety attack before going on stage. I was in the bathroom reading the lyrics because they were just leaving my head because I didn't yeah. realize how many people were going to be there. Like, I got that was very, that was a I good turnout. Very, very used to playing shows to five people, one to five people, because no one was coming out to my shows because no one gave a shit about my work. Um, so then I got invited to a big bill, and there were like eighty people in the room, and I'm like, oh boy, I don't know. I don't know if I could do this, but um, yeah, I did it. And, and yeah, everyone was like cheering my name for an encore, and they're like, "No, you have to stop. You have to stop." And then I got banned. My was- favorite, my favorite <laughs> thing about that show in particular too was because of the size of it, and me knowing everything. Because like I remember like being mad John outside, like having cigarettes. He's like, "Yeah, he's nervous as fuck, y'all. We gotta go and be hype boys." So we fish cigarettes. We're like, "All right, let's go in." He just pulls a ski mask out of his back pocket, throws it over his face, and we go charging in there. And he's just like, "Fuck yeah, Bobby Clark, fuck yeah!" And he's like, just slamming stuff. <laughs> and I'm just dying laughing. But like, he started playing. It's like, you know, by that point, it's I'm I'm entertained by it. I know what you yeah. do. I love it. I it's it's an experience. Once it goes, it's once it starts, it's like there's no stopping. Oh, yeah. It's just, it's just a full speed ahead, you know? But like, my favorite thing was like that show being that was actually like one of the places we played where it wasn't all people we knew, a bunch of Nubians and stuff. Like, oh, yeah. It was like, we, I was sitting there just watching the reactions of people. I love watching the reactions. But this, there was so many new reactions to see in good lighting. Yeah. You was, you you saw people just like shook, like wide-eyed, like, oh my God. Then you just see people having the time of their fucking life. Like yeah. they they pulled a ski mask out of their back pocket. They're like, let's go. But it then, was, it was, yeah. it's um I don't remember what I was gonna say. It was it was just just crazy. It was just, and, oh, I remember what I was going to say. They had big, ba- like, very popular locally bands on that yeah. bill. I remember uh, it Upbox wasn't, it wasn't played. Like, what was that? I remember the uh, the Upbox played. Upbox program, Sunny Gang, and I think one more. That might have been it, actually. But, I mean, like, those those weren't small bands in the area. Like, they were the ones who drew all the people. I was I was tacked on because the promoter liked it. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, I got put on right in the middle of the show and i was like you know i'm I'm just like i gotta perform like because mama court a lot of times doesn't have set lists or really a plan of action you know i i may have had a set list at that show um but i showed up i was like oh there are actually people here and there are bigger bands that that people actually paid money to see and i'm just gonna (laughs) do what i do and but yeah, uh, all the reviews I got were very good, except from the owner of the venue, who I apologized profusely because he was not informed of the nature of my performance. And I was like, well, now I feel like a jackass. That's so bad. You you had no way of knowing. No, I, I mean, like, yeah. Yeah. When you have someone with the name Vomit Cord showing up in town, you you yeah. should know. You should know. Yeah. Hide your kids. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I, I you know I kind of fell out of contact with a lot of folks there. Um, you know through COVID, just because you know I live here out out uh, near Philly and stuff like that. But um, you know I I uh, I 
if someone wants me to do Vomit Cord, I have the suit. I have the Game Boy. I haven't turned the Game Boy on since 2020, so I don't know even know if it still works. But um, you're gonna turn it on, and like the ghost of Vomit Cord is gonna come out and just inhabit you, and you're gonna be like, "Oh no!" <laughs> yeah. So I mean, like, if someone really wants me to do it, I will. I will talk to them about the logistics <laughs> of doing it first, <laughs> and. Uh, uh, I am not. I am not close to do it. I just have. I've stopped actively trying to book it. Uh, yeah. It's just, you know, it does take a lot out of me, and uh, you know, it, it's like it was just. It conflicts with the current state of uh, with the pandemic and shit like that. But I mean, like, if there's a room full of vaccinated people, and well, we all feel real good, and you want me to come sit in your basement and do it for you, you know, I if you hit me up, I I got usually on a Friday or Saturday night. I have nothing better to do. So. Um, like- I, Working on homework or something. I like. I'm. I'm truly, truly curious as to how a vomit cord show, like after everything that's been going on these past few years, I truly want to see what vomit cord would do in a COVID world. Yeah, I you know a lot of the times actually, I don't even in the beginning, in the beginning of the pandemic when the George Floyd rebellion was going on. I, I was like, there were multiple people that were referencing vomit cord. Like, I remember someone was like, vomit cord shows prepared us for the tear gas. And I had people hitting me up like, bro, how do you deal with mace in the face and tear gas? And I'm just like, I'm like, I don't know if these are equivalents, man. And then I was like, wait a sec. Is everyone going to be so traumatized by being tear gas that they're not going to want a vomit cord show? Like, am I going to trigger PTSD? So, oh, my God. I, I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll see what the world wants. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I can't I can't argue with what. The people want, but the exactly. people have not requested me back. So um <laughs> see what happens. Well, two people have to talk after this, and you know, maybe something could happen. <laughs> but so during during COVID, you know, of course that puts damper on so much stuff and vomit cord, especially with it. And then like with hateful scarecrows, you know, we were kind of going, but then it was like we all kind of had our own things going on too. Oh, and it just... I mean, you picked up the podcast. Raccoon lost his apartment. Um, I lost my job. Uh, Joe. Uh, Joe got oh. married and bought a house. Yeah. Sell out. So it's uh, you know John moved to uh, he moved to where did he move? Ocean Ocean City. City. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, like we all like it fizzled out, and you know, it's like I I don't like to say that we're like over. I just like to say it's an indefinite hiatus, and if we ever feel like doing it. It'll happen. Yeah. But, uh, to me, it's uh, I never saw hateful scarecrows as over. Yeah, I, um, it's it's a uh, we we get we're in different wheelhouses right now. Yeah, and but, uh, you win. What were you gonna say? Uh, I was gonna say I the, the opportunity the the lull in Vonacord and in hateful scarecrows has given me the opportunity to start working on the Soviet with yes. raccoon <laughs> boy of hateful scarecrows. Yeah, so. so so Raccoon ended up following me at PA, lives lives in uh, Philly, and uh, yeah, I, I ended up like losing my job. It's a whole long story. Um, the short version is I lost my job. <laughs> and I had been sort of like toying with the idea of like other other projects in my head. I, originally, I would think it was going to be like a one man, like a, a new new sort of like not bomb cord, like ripoff, but like adjacent style you know i had like a bunch of drum machines and i was like i could write some really like politically charged stuff um uh and sort of you know do something like that another like electronic noise project that was more politically charged 
um, kind of like the there's there's an artist in Cincinnati, Ohio called uh, Decide Today. I really like. I really oh like, wait, an artist in Cincinnati, Ohio. Yes, I did meet him. <laughs> I did meet him in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I met him again at the Noise Fest. <laughs> so so yes, he's cool. He's a really cool guy. And um, uh, Decide Today, highly recommend. Love, really good stuff. And he got a really a lot of really cool stuff on his record label. Uh, real side youth records i don't even know if he still remembers me but i'm giving him a shout out because it's just so fucking cool um so yeah he has a project where it's just like noise and drum beats and drum machines and 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 samples and programs and stuff like that and he just does like really charged political lyrics um and i was like i, I can do something like that um but i ended up selling a lot of my stuff uh to fund my vhs addiction and uh <laughs> so i sold my drum machine so i I act, no, actually, I sold my drum machine and I bought a new bass. And um, yeah, so I have the new bass. And I'm writing stuff. And I'm talking to Raccoon and I call him up. And I'm like, hey, bro, I'm unemployed. He's like, oh, shoot, man, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, want to start a music project with me? And he's like, are you okay? And I'm like, no, but do you want to start a music project with me? He's like, I guess. <laughs> and um. I'm just like, okay, here's the name. And I'm like, it's the Soviet. And he's like, why is it called the Soviet? And I'm like, it's going to be a DB band. But instead of singing about anarchism, we're going to sing about socialism. And he's like, I'm down. Let's do this. I'm like, cool. So we did it. So yeah, it took, it took a whole year for me to actually write something. But we did it. I had the name. I was sitting on the name for a year. And he'd be like, are we starting it? Are we starting it? And I'm like, soon, I'm too depressed. <laughs> And finally, he's like, we have to do this. I'm sitting on riffs. We have to do this. And I'm like, okay, fine. Let's do this. Uh, so I finally write some riffs, write some really bad demos. I write some lyrics. And the lyrics are like of variable quality. And uh, yeah. And eventually we get some tracks down. We start recording some demos. And one day I go to his place and we're like, let's just record a demo. We've got some tracks. We got some drums programmed. We have some riffs. We have some lyrics. Let's just see what happens. We record it. It's amazing. He put in way too much effort into it. I'm like, bro, this is a demo. This is a demo. It's just a demo, bro. Stop putting so much effort into it. He's like, tune your bass. Tune your bass. Do another take. I'm like, I'm not doing another take. This is a demo. He's like, do another take. Tune your fucking bass. I'm like, oh. <laughs> so we did it in one afternoon. And I drew a logo with a Sharpie marker. Once again, that's the only way I do logos. Draw with a Sharpie marker. <laughs> and, uh, and he sends it to me. I'm like, oh, this is kind of good, actually. He's like, yeah. And so we release it as Lessons in Dialectics, the first Soviet EP. And people dig it. Like, it's being, being shared on, like, Grindcore and Crustpunk YouTube channels. Uh, we got a really nice review. I actually got a few really nice reviews um, on, on some punk websites and stuff like that. Um, and I was like, I can't. And, P, and it was interesting because all the lyrics um, were based on things that I had learned as, you know, um, you know, so like during COVID, I had a lot of free time. And so the things that I had taken up were uh, becoming a, a socialist, an actual organized socialist, not just like saying on paper, I'm like, I'm actually the guy that your racist uncle is warning you about. Like, <laughs> like all oh, them goddamn commies are trying to dismantle the economy. Like, yes, I'm that guy. I'm Wait. actually. <laughs> you got to think about it, though. Before this, though, you were already that guy. The racist uncle was worried about. It's those goddamn Antifers. <laughs> <the> fucking <laughs> yeah. Antifers. Yeah. 
Um, but I was like, I had actually joined an organization and like they had me like reading books and reading theory and we were actually going out and organizing protests. And they were like, they were like, you, this is what you have to do. You have to learn how to sell socialist theory to fundraise for our organization and to actually convince the working class of the legitimacy of socialism. So I just learned so much socialist theory and I was also going to his therapy like a lot. So I was just like in that time I was working on myself like a shit ton, you know, just like working out, you know, a lot of my personal problems, working out a lot of my political ideologies and worldviews. And it was like it was really interesting because you could, you know, Raccoon had noted, he's like your lyrics like evolve. You know, he's like, these are the lyrics that I've always wanted to write music to. So it was like instead of like with Vomacore and Hateful Scarecrows and and other projects, I was um where I was just writing about like suicide ghosts demons vampires worshiping the devil uh self-mutilation and just other weird shit just weird disturbing stuff i was like i was like oh i'm actually writing about like real thing and it wasn't like it's like it's negative in the sense that like the world is 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 bad you know it's like things are wrong in the world uh but it didn't stop there because like a lot of bands do they'll just be like the world sucks anarchy and i'm like that's cool you know i like those songs i like those those hardcore discharge style db hardcore punk cross punk shit song they're awesome i love them but I, I i always felt like really let down by a lot of bands when i would like watch them in interviews or like listen to some of their songs like like one band would like like i listened to a lot of leftover crack and the casualties when i was a kid and their lyrics would be like the world sucks it's really bad and i was like yes this is speaking to me what do we do about it what do we do about a casualties and leftover crack? And they were like, do heroin about it or drink about it. And I'm like, do, I don't do heroin drink. about it. I'm, I'm like, I don't drink or do drugs. What else do I do? I'm scared of needles. Yeah. And it didn't help that, like, as I got older, you know, a lot of like, you know, allegations came out against some of the members of those bands. And yeah. I was like, I was like, oh, you know, this is your opportunity to be like a glowing example of what to do when you've done something wrong like how are you going to handle the situation like are you going to apologize are you going to accept it are you going to you know like donate money are you going to go get self-help like what example are you going to set and they both bands just deny 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 delete comments shut down discourse uh kick out band members their band members leave i'm just like that's it that this is this is what the last 15 years of listening to you guys has, has gotten me you know um so it you know I did a lot of my own sort of like self-development and, and trying to work on myself. And, you know, I came up with these lyrics and it was like, instead of just being like, the world sucks, die about it or do drugs about it or do heroin about it or do squat or squat or, you know, be apathetic. It was like, uh, you know, present trying to present like a, a, you know, a political, you know, method forward and trying to lay out actual socialist theory about, you know, building a, a new class party about unionizing your workplace um we have new songs right now that are touching upon uh you know like uh, women and trans rights we have songs uh, dealing with you know the growth of the far right and you know uh, people taking on like active shooter stances or defending active shooters um and things like that and, and you know trying to explain like why these things happen and what you can do to sort of like counter them and i'm like i you know i've, I've written now we're about to record our, our second ep uh in the next couple of months and i'm looking at all the lyrics i'm like i haven't mentioned like <laughs> suicide or demons or anything once i'm like it's actually i'm like I'm, i've actually like achieved like a new sort of like pantheon of lyrics if you will um, you went through you went through musical puberty <laughs> yeah. yeah it's like when, when musicians say like oh we really matured on this album i don't want to hear i don't want that to mean you you fucking wrote th songs about butterflies and got more technical Fuck you. No, I yeah. want to hear, like actual growth. Like show me that you grew as a fucking person. Like here it is. Like I, that's what I did. Like, yeah, I'm still like press of shit, but like 
it's like it's not like the 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 lyrical content like my creative output it reflects like a very new outlook um and it's cool because in the reviews that we're getting um instead of like people touch upon the the riffs and the and the sounds a little bit they're like you know this sounds really good like this hits really hard this goes real hard but a lot of people are actually like grappling with some of the lyrics that are in there like i put in some i put some hot takes in there about anarchists which was supposed to be like a joke towards one of our friends and uh, it was supposed to be like making fun like the name to soviet is supposed to be making fun of like anarchist bands it's like okay we have like a, a whole slew of anarchist bands or we're just gonna be like an outwardly socialist band uh, as opposed to them um not as opposed but like it's just a poke fun um and uh and but people are actually like grappling with some of like the political stuff i put in i'm like oh my god i'm putting political discourse into people's reviews you know <laughs> like like someone was like was like oh these guys suck because they're socialists but at least they're not stalinists you know uh and they're like oh, but i wish they were anarchists but they did talk about the importance of unions and how that can be a tool to to uh to fight for trans rights in the workplaces as well as for in healthcare. and i'm like i can't believe this band actually wrote about it and i'm like they're, they're oh my god they're fucking picking up they're picking up what i'm putting down <laughs> Unionize your fucking place. Just do it. It's like, <laughs> um, so it was cool. And it's like, yeah, it, you know, some people are like, yeah, I don't, I don't really care that much for the politics, but you know, they, they like the music and I'm like, the music's there, you know, the mu but it, it's, it was cool because starting this style of band really allowed me to put like writing music in the background, you know, like all the riffs that I'm writing are just like a handful of chords, a handful of notes just later. And it's the same dr drum beat on every track, you know? Yeah. But uh, yeah. got to touch on, though, because it was you and Matt, you did the first albums, all drum tracks. But now you have, oh, shit, you have a drummer. Yes. Zach? Yes. All right. So, I, I didn't like formally introduce at the show. But yeah, <laughs> I remember hearing his name. Yeah. yeah. So we we were like, is this going to be hard? Like, how are we? Are we like we got to find someone that not only wants to only do D beats. But also is like cool with us because Raccoon and I are hard to work with, you know, like we we're incompetent musicians and we're like, you have to be able to work with our incompetent style. And on top of that, you have to be cool with like the politics we're putting out, you know, like, well, not necessarily. Look at System of a Down. This is the drummer. That is weird. He just came out recently and said they should have continued without surge on vocals. I'm like, John, John, John. Calm down, man. Who, who was it? It was Iced Earth as well. Like their guitars showed up at like the January 6th protests. <laughs> like, the, the worst part is I saw people saying, oh, just replace the drummer. I'm like, no, System's a band you can't replace anyone. Yeah, the chemistry band, you know. I'm like, he's so good. Oh, Jesus. We could, we could all start about Pantera in that regard. You know, there's there's a whole slew of bands where it's like, why are you replacing yeah. members? You know, you can't. There are certain bands you shouldn't be replacing members. You know, yeah. um, but so Zach came really into the Pantera. mix. I've never listened to Pantera, but the debate has been going on. So I, I like watching people argue on the internet. And I'm like, I've never <laughs> listened to a single Pantera song because I'm a hipster. You've never heard Cowboys from Hell? I never have, actually. You never played Guitar Hero? What's wrong Bro, with I you? I never had Guitar Hero. But I, the thing, oh, yeah, okay, you, were, you were a Halo kid. I was a Halo kid. Also, 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 my dad said something about Guitar Hero, and it like made me it like ruin any like concept of ever wanting to play Guitar Hero. He's like, it's like all the time kids spend playing guitar here, they could probably learn to play guitar. And I was like, I don't have an argument. I don't have an argument for that. That's that's a fair stance. Honestly, honestly, if you've never played guitar, but you play guitar hero, guitar hero is just like playing your guitar in drop D. 
if you can play guitar here, you can play drop D. And if you can play drop D, you can release. You too can be on par with all my music projects and release like a shitty hardcore punk album. You can do it. Uh, I don't know tunings at all. I was going to say, if, and if you can play drop D, you could be in your local metal band. <laughs> you uh, you can. You 100% can. But, right. Back to giving Zach credit. Yeah. So Zach has yeah. been super cool with the whole thing. Um, I don't, I don't know <laughs> if he knows if, if he cares much about socialism, but he likes us and he likes hanging out with us. So I don't know I'll, I'll, that I will leave that for him to discuss, but he hasn't been opposed to any of the lyrics. Like I've thrown out some like absolutely wild takes, not wild because like, I, I like to think they're pretty accessible to the average working class person, but, um, but I've thrown some things, like I, I went on a tangent. I was like, we were talking about like the recent, like what the album cover should be. And I was talking about like, we have a, a song that's going to come out. Well, it was never about Jesus, and it's about uh, it's about addressing like people using religion as a justification to control women and trans individuals' bodies. Um, so yeah, it was never about Jesus. It was all just about you know control of working class individuals and oppressing women and shit like that. So I was like explaining like how like I was I was talking about like oh you know we could use like an image from like um, you know my, the film Metropolis or Bride of Frankenstein where it's literally you know capitalists or or people with god complexes literally controlling and building women in an image that they perceive as acceptable um you know um and i but it was that was the short version i went off for like five minutes and zach was just like yeah man (laughs) man. you know what man as long as you're not as long as you're not like fuck you you know that's cool with me um but yeah there's there's still some like debate about what the the artwork is going to be it hasn't been decided um you know we just i just wrote another song we might use that as the as an album title because raccoon is is really pushing for this one picture it's a really cool picture. Um, uh, we just watched All Quiet on the Western Front, which is a World War One movie, and there's some really cool imagery in that. And uh, he's like, "There's some, there's some shots we could totally use from that." So it's up for debate. So yeah, but Zach has been awesome. He's been super cool. He plays in like five other bands. Uh, he was playing in Bury Your Brother. If you know Bury Your Brother, he was the drummer. Um, I think they are currently concluding, and uh, he's starting to work on like the next incarnation of that project with some of the members of barrier brother uh i think he plays in another band but i don't remember what he plays with his dad uh he plays in a lot of stuff and he's he's an excellent drummer and we're like he was great yeah and we're like okay zach you can't use double kick you can't do blast beats you just you gotta do straight d beats the whole time simple fills, simple shit <laughs> and he's like gotcha and he did it and we're like oh my god did it he really did it. he just didn't care and <laughs> And he's he's like getting real into it. He's like pushing us. He's like he's like pushing us. Like we we need to do a photo shoot. He's like we we need to you know get another get, get some recording done. He's like we got to work on artwork. We got to get shirts. We got to get merch. We got to get more shows. He's hitting up more people to get us shows than anyone else I've ever known. I'm just like oh my god. He just he just keeps pulling people out. He's like oh he's like oh wait I forgot this person. I'll go text them. You know. The the funny thing is that was you with everything. You were doing yeah. the merch. You were doing the shows and all that. And then, like when uh, like Raccoon came into the band, like he was like he was reaching out for like shows stuff. Yeah. Like he hooked like Mill Hill up I, and all I, that. And like I love when other people go gung ho because then I can stop and just focus on writing because that's what burnt me out, man. Like I was so happy during COVID. I'm like, oh, there's no pressure to book shows or get merch done because there's no shows to play. Yeah. So I can play, just work on writing, and that's I ended up writing so much music, you know. Um, so. Yeah, I just I love being able in this project to just focus on getting the quality of the lyrics down and really, um, you know, 
being able to to express myself and uh, you know put put these politics out that are that are generating real discourse um, among people, which is cool. I mean, obviously, some like I went on to like one of the channels where they shared our EP, and someone in the comments was like, "Fuck communists," and I'm just like. Okay, I knew that was coming, you know. But <laughs> <laughs> what a great comeback, man! <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I don't think you read any of the lyrics, but uh, all we said was like, cops should stop beating the shit out of us, and we should remove asbestos from schools, and you know, maybe we should be paid a living wage. But I mean, if you want to say fuck me, then that's I don't know. Do, do, <laughs> like, I don't think I'm putting anything wild out there. Um, yeah. But. But yeah, Zach and Raccoon have been doing awesome. Um, I've been doing a little bit of trying to book shows, but they've been they've been pulling a lot of the weight. Uh, and I know uh, after like after the show, you guys just played like your first show. Uh, I was I was talking to Raccoon outside after like probably an hour after you and Kristen left. <laughs> we yeah. just kept talking, but he's he was saying got a whole mess of shows lined up. I don't know what. Uh, what you can say publicly, what's definitely confirmed and all that. But if you want the, we there, the thing, yeah, we have like a whole bunch of stuff that are in the works. Like right now we just got a date and I was in, in communication with some bands and I sent them all the date, but I was like, I've been talking to them for like weeks now and I, and I couldn't get us the show. But I finally messaged them. Like I finally got a date. I finally got a venue. I'm like, can you do it? I'm waiting on my responses. Um, there was, there's another one where we have the, the bill filled and, you know, the promoter is, uh, holding the spot for us. And we've been texting the promoter, like, Hey, we have the bands and he just hasn't gotten back to us. Uh, the ones that are hundred percent confirmed. If you want to see me in the flesh, hang out, talk about VHS, talk about movies, not about, with the gimp suit. Not, I will sans the gimp suit. Uh, <laughs> bring, it, bring it with you. If someone wants to take a whiff, <laughs> yeah, I'll bring the sack. If you want to, if you want to stick your face in there and smell it, <laughs> stick your um, don't say stick your face in my sack. <laughs> You're going to tear stick, stick your face in the sack and take a good long whiff. <laughs> <laughs> That's what capitalism does. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so if, if you want, if you want to talk about socialism, if you want to talk about, uh, VHS, if you want to talk about horror movies, you want to talk about toy making, you want to talk about hardcore punk, whatever you want to talk about, I'll talk to you about anything. I'll talk about veganism, I'll talk about veganism. <laughs> I know some recipes. I made some excellent wraps not too long ago. But yeah, okay. So anyway, we're going to go on that tangent. Um, if you want to talk about any of that stuff or you just want to l- listen live, we're going to be playing at, I think it's Jimmy's Bar and Grill in Kearney? Kearney? Kier- oh, Colonel, oh, New oh Kearney. Uh, Kearney. Carney up north by like New York. Okay. Yeah. My, my mother's from Carney. Oh, yeah. damn it. Hold on. What? So much. Is that so much shock? You know that? No, no, so much shit makes sense now. My mother was born in Carney and look at me. Oh, goddamn <laughs> dirty. And it doesn't help that you were born on April 1st. No. Every I was, year, I was, I was every year when I see it on Facebook, I think you're pulling my leg. And I'm like, oh, wait, he was actually. This is real. This is real. Imagine life. like this whole time I with everyone like that way i thought i wish no i wish no my birthday's seriously april fool's day <laughs> <laughs> so you gotta show kearney 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 whatever it is we're gonna be there but the the lot the lineup is all south jersey bands for some reason um i don't remember who's on the bill but it's all south jersey bands one one of them is august killed october which we played with in forked river that was our first show they're really good that was the duo, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they were played, good. Like, I don't even, I don't even know. They just played heavy shit. It was good. Yeah, but uh, I don't remember the other bands. I think one is called Tear Gas. I don't know anything about them. I think one is 
One of them. Yeah, there are some other bands. I don't remember their names because I don't know any of the bands yet, and I'm more focused on finishing up all the writing for this EP. But I just finished that the other day, so maybe now I'll go listen to all those bands. And then we're currently confirmed. We haven't announced it yet, but I'm sure by the time this is out, we'll have probably announced it. Um, but we are confirmed. I think on January, the day before, the 28th, we're going to be at the Fire in Philly um, for a benefit show. But I think it's like. 30 singer songwriter acts and then they just stuck us on at one in the morning um yeah uh zach asked zach was like hey i see you have an open slot on that flyer and the promoter was like i actually just filled that this morning i need to update it and he's like okay no problem i understand and the promoter was like you know what you guys can play last if you want and zach replies fuck it he just says fuck it (laughs) And, and the promoter, it was like minutes later, the promoter updates the Facebook event page. Oh <laughs> so, so yes, that is currently booked. Fuck <laughs> it. Fuck it. I'm just like, I love the attitude because we all greenlit it because he was like, he was like, we need to book a whole weekend. Or I want to book that whole whole weekend. I'm like, I'm going to be in class, man. I want I got to do homework. I probably have a paper to write. He's like, please. I'm like, fine. Book. If you can book it, I'll, I'll find a way to do it. <laughs> and. So we technically all green lit him to do it. So he didn't even ask us. He was just he just replied with "fuck it," and now we're both. Well, that's a good thing. I mean, with a one, with a one a.m. time slot, you got more than enough time to do your homework. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, what I said. So so Raccoon is like, I'm just going to show up early and just get drunk and listen to a bunch of singer songwriters. And I'm like, I'm showing up at one in the morning. I'm I, I, got, I got homework to do. I got I got a, I, I'm working on environmental management. I got to go write a paper about how I'm going to save the environment or some shit. I mean, enough for nothing, though, of playing shows, you've more than put in your dues of showing up early and staying for all the bands. You've done it. I don't remember a show you haven't done it for. Like, so I I try whenever I play a show, I always make it a, a priority. Like, if you book a show with me, I'm not going to show up at my set time. I'm not going to be like, hey, can we can we play later? I'm running late when I'm just, like, sitting at home, like, eating a cracker or a brownie or something like that. Like, I'm not going to be sitting at home eating on the couch and being like, yo, can I play later? No. I'm going to – it's like, if the doors say 6, I'm going to be there at 5.30, and I'm going to get all my stuff in. I'm going to get situated. I'm going to build my merch stand, and I'm going to sit there until I have to play. I'm going to drag my ass up on stage. I'm going to nervously set up my bass amp. In 30 seconds, and I'm going to test like six times if it works. And then it will be like, you guys better set your shit up right now because I am ready to play. And they will be tuning their shit and testing their drums. And I, the sound guy will be like, oh, can I get some vocals? And I'll be like, oh, just tell me I can go so I can get this done. I'm developing an accent from the anxiety. <laughs> I'm going to play the fucking show. I'm going to pack my shit up. I'm going to sit at the table. I'm going to watch the other bands play. And I'm going to sell merch to whoever the fuck wants it. And I'm going to go home and watch a movie and go to bed. And maybe eat that cracker and brownie if it's yes, around. And maybe, maybe I will eat food. Usually I'm pretty hungry. Yeah. Usually I'm pretty hungry after a set. So oh, yeah. Good chance, yeah. Good chance I will eat food. I, I hit Wawa for a meatball parm after your show. It hits so good. <laughs> I think I ate after that show. I got home. I had to have eaten something. I don't remember what it was, but probably ate something. What? All right, Jacob, is before we start to wrap things up, is there anything else you want to talk about? Because I just noticed <sighs> the time it was slipping away. Mm-hmm. Time keeps on slipping. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't 
think I have anything else to say. We've covered a lot. Um, uh, I, I, I collect VHS tapes. So if you have old VHS tapes in your attic, give them to me, but only if they're horror movies, other if they're Disney movies, I don't care. Yeah, uh, Disney movies ain't worth shit. Black Diamond means nothing. Black, I if you hand me a Black Diamond VHS tape and tell me it's worth five hundred dollars, I will smash it in front of your face. I will watch you cry because that was that was your copy of Fox and the Hound from when you were six years old, and I will be like, "Fuck you," you know. No, I won't. That would be really. Mean. I would not do that to you. Actually, I would just say no thank. I would politely decline. Um, beyond that, I, w- I would just say uh, if you want to book me for anything, or if you want to play a show uh you can hit me up i don't care any project you want just tell me what you want to do and i'll probably figure something out and uh yeah if you come to a show say hi if you if you want me to go to your show then say hi and maybe i'll go to your show and if you want to <laughs> hang out just hit me up i don't know most i imagine a lot of people who watch this probably know know me in some oh i guess if you don't know if you know me you can hit me up and be like bro let's hang i'll probably say yes and if you don't know me and you ask me to hang, then I'll be like, probably yes, but in a public space because I don't know you and I don't want to get drugged because I don't do drugs because that's gross. <laughs> is that, wait, is that is that why we met at the mall first? Yeah, I, I, I was like, this, this guy might drug me. I'm like 19 years old. This, probably 18, actually. This guy might drug me. Better meet at the Ocean County Mall so we can go to FYE and I can buy the new bar album. Oh, no. We, we met at the Ocean County Mall. You got in my car and then I drove us to Howell. I, I trusted you enough. I, I was like, I was like, this guy hung out with me at the mall. I'll let him drive me to another record he, store. He, he's not going to do anything wrong. When have rock stars ever done anything wrong? <laughs> <laughs> That was that, actually the, the, when I met you at the mall. That was actually the first time I drove by myself without my parents in the car. I was like, I gotta meet oh this God. guy. I yeah, gotta meet this guy. I gotta meet this guy. I was, I got in my car. I'm like, I think I remember how to get to the mall. This is literally up the road from your <laughs> around the corner from my house. I'm like having an anxiety attack the whole way. I, I parked that car in the parking lot. I was so proud of myself. I was like, I did it. I'm not dead. I'm gonna meet the kid from Stitches. <laughs> Did you see me up, man? How's it go? <laughs> I was like, oh my god! Yeah, uh, yeah. That's just that, I, beyond that. I don't know. Go, go read State and Revolution by Lenin and Revolution Betrayed by Trotsky. I like those books. They're good books. And then buy a Soviet CD because I only have a few more. Buy a Hateful Scarecrow uh, CD because I still have a lot under my bed and I need the space under my bed. Just buy merch because uh, I want it away from my bed. Go to a show and buy all my merch. I will bring all the merch. I will bring everything. <laughs> I will sell you other shit too. Just tell me what you want. I, I probably have anything you. You could probably point to anything in my apartment and be like, can I buy that? And I'm like, you know, rent's due on the first. So honestly, you probably could. All right, I want your dead leaf spawn toy. Okay. That you gotta <laughs> leave that shelf alone. That's the one shelf off limits. I'm so pissed I didn't buy one of those. But all right. Well, to fully wrap this up so people can buy that merch, so people can see your socialism where they can go and follow your organiz- organization group organization right, I mean, it's, it's not mine but i mean it's, it's if you're, what you're a part of <laughs> part of it, of that. it yeah. anywhere where they can I'll, find I'll, jacob I'll plug, I'll plug shit. we're gonna take we're gonna take a little ride we're gonna drive to the drive and we're gonna drive to the record store with your new car that your parents aren't in <laughs> And we're gonna take a my, my beat up Honda Accord with the bumper falling off. Yes, that, that's. I mean, that's not the car I drove to the mall, but that's my car right now. But, exactly. We're yeah. gonna take a little ego trip in it. Yeah, and you're gonna right, plug so away. Here, wherever here we people go. can find Jacob. Here we go. 
Where can you find me? Uh, you can find me on Facebook. I no longer go by Anani Maz. I was anti-social media, so I went by Anani Maz. But I changed to Jake. So now you can just find me on Facebook, and I, you can just see my face. Um, but uh, beyond that, you can find my fan, the Soviet, at Bandcamp, the Soviet, Soviet.bandcamp.com. You can find us on Instagram. I think we're at the Soviet 1917. 17 is re- reference to the Russian Revolution. I think the Soviet, the Soviet is on Facebook. Um, I don't know if we're on anything else. We're probably on some streaming sites. Uh, Vomit Cord still has some social media floating around, but I haven't updated it in years. But you can still message it. I don't care. Um, I, I can still, I still get notifications for it. I think Hapel Scarecrow still has all the social media up. But uh, yeah, preferably just hit me up on my personal thing or through the Soviet or whatever. And I and Hapel Scarecrow and Vomit Cord still have all the, the, the band camps up. And I have other projects floating around that I never took some social media stuff down. So you could probably find them. And then, uh, yeah, I, I would say, you know, you don't, you don't, yeah, I, the, as far as my socialist activism, I would say my socialist group may not be the right group for you. So what I would encourage you to do is just look, you can come talk to me and I'll talk to you about what I, what the group I work with has to offer. Um, but if you are just curious about joining a socialist organization, then, then, you know, look around or hit me up because there's a whole bunch of different sort of uh, strains of it. And you, you got to find the one that's uh, right for you. And I also, after talking about how I, you know, puked all over venues and got banned and it did a whole bunch of other weird shit. I, I don't feel right representing organization. So I will just say, come talk to me in person. After you cleanse your mind that all of this shit happened, and yeah. I will I will happily talk to you and sell you a newspaper and talk to you about some some your your potential place in the in the coming revolution where we can uh make it so that rent is is free, healthcare doesn't cost you an arm and a leg, and we can have uh, uh free public transportation that's run on fucking wind and shit. I don't know. I'm not being very serious <laughs> right now. I'm, too, I, I'm not I'm not in a serious enough mood to to plug real politics. <laughs> I mean, you're on, you're on my podcast. I don't expect. I know. You to be, it's, that's, you can't that enter the, the realm harder. of dingus and be serious. Are you kidding me? I, I will see in moments like that. Though, that's when it's fun. My time to shine. It's my moment. Yeah. My monologue. <laughs> and I just want to say that, despite all the stories with everything and all that, it's like no, it's jacob's one of the most pure dudes you will ever meet and it's no bullshit with him and you know with him being you know i'm not saying that all sober people are trustworthy (laughs) because there's a lot of douchebags out there that are like i don't drink i don't smoke i'm like bro i'm the worst i'm vegan and i don't drink and i don't smoke bro i'm I'm the worst i'm all i'm all bad but but the thing is, usually I hate people like that, but I don't hate you. I love you. <laughs> Bro, I'm like, I'm every racist uncle's worst nightmare. I'm a, I'm a vegan socialist who doesn't drink or smoke. Like, that's, that's it. Your racist <laughs> uncle is shaking in his boots right now. It's horrendous. <laughs> Those boots were made for walking back over the Mason-Dixon because they lost. <laughs> and, then, and then I pose in a sexually androgynous and fucking ambidextrous gym suit and puke on people. I, I just... <laughs> I'm not the one for your racist uncle. Just not. <laughs> if you hate, if you don't like your racist uncle, support me. And I'll keep pissing him off. This is this isn't a this isn't your racist uncle's type of boyfriend. <laughs> I'm not the kind of man you want to bring home to your racist uncle. <laughs> Thanksgiving. I mean, we shouldn't leave it at just your racist uncle either. If you have a racist in the family, 
Yeah, no, gonna like I'm, I'm going to charge it as a service. If you for for twenty five dollars an hour, I will I will go with you to your family gathering and I will unfiltered talk about all of my endeavors, and then I will take the money that you pay me and I will donate it to the revolution. That is what I will do. Fifty percent will go to the revolution, and fifty percent will go to the next Soviet ET. Rent a socialist. <laughs> Hashtag rent a really weird socialist. I don't even talk about socialism. You know, I'll just go on. A, I'll go on a tangent about like all the gore films that I watch, like at the dinner table, like your dad's trying to eat spaghetti. Like, kids ever watched? Uh, you kids ever watched uh, Blood Pigs? You know, <laughs> See, that's the, that's the most fucked up part about it. You can talk politics. The politics. I mean, at this point, it is just a fucking dog and pony show for the runners. You know, the two main fronts. It's all a joke, but um, you could talk politics and just educate on socialism but also you could talk veganism and then when they really had enough and oh you brought this snowflake in my house just pull out like your phone and just get any shots of any gore film you can <laughs> and show it to all of them and watch them whimper <laughs> like it's it's the best ploy they won't know what to do with themselves my my interests are so varied and and so antagonistic too. <laughs> <laughs> I had never run out of ammo. And then it's like yeah. on top of it, I, I go to college and I study the environment. And they're just like, oh. <laughs> I, I, I never run out of ammo. I wear a bullet belt all the time. But, I, they're, I wear, de but they're dead rounds. <laughs> I, I, wear, I wear fake bullets as fashion. Each bullet represents another annoying topic I can lecture you on. Imagine you you could take like the tips off and put rolled up pieces of paper in it. Where, oh. where you pull it out? Oh, what what did you pick? Oh, wh why you can't eat this red dye? <laughs> One of them's gonna be like the whole history of my of my RuneScape career. I'll go on. I'll talk. About, I'll talk about how I voted no on introducing the Grand Exchange in old school RuneScape. It was a bad choice. It was bad. It crashed the economy. If you were pro Grand Exchange back in like 2012. Or whatever it was, 2015. I don't remember what year. It was a bad year for RuneScape. They reintroduced the Grand Exchange. Fuck you if you voted yes. Anyway, that's your show. That's that, the note I'm ending on. And, that, and that's what built. That's what built this monster. <laughs> no wait. Fuck, fuck Dragon Slayer too. That's why I left. That's why I quit. Fuck that quest. It made me lose my quest cape. I worked so hard on that quest cape, and then it released Dragon Slayer two. And I'm like, no, I'm not training my skill set. So I can use the blowpipe so I can beat the stupid mini boss. This quest sucks. Whatever. I'm done. I'm out. I'm done. I'm out. Out of here. Gone. Already left. <laughs> and as you all know, because I'm going to let him end on that horse. I'm Nicholas Christian. You can find me at Colt underscore sure underscore. Find me on Facebook and Instagram uh, in the link tree on Instagram and probably the Facebook if it's there. There's the link to the culture discord, which I got to bring back. But it's the new year and I've been just trying to get all the ducks in a row. You can also find me at terror underscore tunes, T-O-O-N-S underscore on Facebook and Instagram. And with the same link tree, you can hit the bandcamp terratunes.bandcamp.com snag some merch do all that fun junk listen to some music do whatever and just have fun while doing it this is the year of fun we're gonna have a lot of fun with this podcast and do more with it too and we're, we're just gonna get really wacky you know i don't know about you but i'm feeling 23 oh wait no that's not how the taylor swift song goes it's feeling 22 Nobody likes you when you're 23.
Well, I like some of you. If you're listening, I like you. Most of you, fuck yourselves. Jacob, thank you for being on. (laughs) (laughs) It it was an honor, and I promise I will be over there to watch shitty horror movies and eat pizza and junk food with you soon. Bro, soonerly doodly, yes. (laughs) Soonerly doodly. Thanks for having me. Oh, of course, anytime. And I want to say that I didn't realize that the bins are 10 minutes from one of my favorite toy stores. So remember that that house of fun place that's reeked of cigarettes and was dark and dingy? Yes. They changed locations. Now it's like a a giant building. It doesn't reek of cigarettes and marvelous. Actually, we'll we'll have to go. Bins and toy store day. Exactly. (laughs) But all right, Jacob, I'll talk to you. It was great having you. You, you oh. can say bye. <laughs> thanks, you can say bye. I, I, I was I was giving you the finger because I'm telling you to wait because I'm gonna talk to you after. I like zoned out. I'm playing with my popper thing. I'm zoning. I'm zoning, bro. <laughs> All right. Well, Jacob, take two. It was great having you, and keep popping that coochie. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, babe. <laughs> I'll see you later. Here to play us out on this week's episode of the Cold Short Podcast is the Soviet with their song, Lessons and Dialectics. Come